Hello and welcome to Deities, a place where we look at the spiritual side of the Filipino culture while I drink some tea. I have some organic black tea with me with a little bit of milk and today the region that we're going to be looking at in particular is the Visayas. The Visayas are one of the three principal geographical divisions of the Philippines along with Luzon and Mindanao. Located in the central part of the archipelago, it consists of several islands, primarily surrounding the Visayan Sea. Although the Visayas are also considered the northeast extremity of the entire Sulu Sea, its inhabitants are predominantly the Visayan peoples. Now the major islands of the Visayas are Panay, Negros, Cebu, Bohol, Lete, and Samar. The region may also include the provinces of Palawan, Rombion, and Mashbate, whose populations identify as Visayan and whose languages are more closely related to other Visayan languages than to the major languages of Luzon. Now, the way that the Visayans view religion, the Visayans worshipped nature spirits gods of particular localities or activities, and even their own ancestors. Religious practitioners were male or female mediums who contacted spirit patrons in a state of trance to determine the cause and cure of illness. Sacrifices included foodstuffs like beverages and sometimes live, live fowl, hogs, or even human beings. And ancestors, spirits, and deities were invoked at feasts in which these things were offered up. Ancestors were also invited to partake of any meal or drinking, and their well-being in the next world depended on sacrifices offered by their descendants, both before and after their death and burial. Today we have three mythologies for you from the Visayan culture. The first one is the origin of the rainbow from the Tagalog province. A long, long time ago, people prayed to Bathala and offered him gifts for they believed that he was God and the source of all graces. One day, Bathala thought of making a journey to the earth. He said to himself, my people on earth have been very good to me. I would like to make them happy. Bathala commanded his messenger to call all of his children in heaven. He wanted to see them before he went down to earth. First, the daughters came. They were such lovely maidens, and among them were Tala, the morning star, Lewewe, the dawn, and Tagani, the goddess of the harvest. A loud noise and a blinding blaze accompanied the arrival of his sons, Kidlat the lightning, Hagin the wind, and Ara the sun. All the other sons came hurrying. They knew that when Bathala called, they should lose no time in coming. Bathala's children were now all seated, looking at one empty seat. Bathala said, Bikari is not here again, 
Did my messenger tell her about this meeting? Paganun, I looked for Bethari, but she was nowhere to be found, said the messenger, who looked very tired. Perhaps she is among the flowers in some distant land on earth, someone whispered. The others exchanged glances, for they knew that Bihari, who was the goddess of the flowers, loved to play among the flowers in the garden. Bathala was indeed very angry. This will not do, he strongly said. How many times has she been late? I will not allow tardiness among my children. If Pagari prefers to be with her children, she can stay with them forever. His children were afraid. They looked at one another in silence. After a brief pause, Bathala continued. From now on, Bikari will remain forever, wherever she is right now, to live there alone. Bathala's children were saddened by those angry words. They loved their beautiful and kind sister, Bikari. But no one could protest Bathala's decision to exile Bikari from his heavenly kingdom. At that very moment, Bikari was having a delightful time among the flowers in a faraway garden on earth. When it was time for her to return to her heavenly home, she could not find her way out. She was worried about her father. When the messenger came to tell her of Bathala's anger, she sobbed and said, I'm not sorry to lose my place in the heavenly kingdom. I grieve because I have offended my father. The messenger was very sorry for her, but there is nothing he could do. So the flower garden on earth became Bikari's home. The flowers bloomed all the more and gave forth beautiful colors never seen before. Everybody around was so delighted. The people who were living nearby saw that the garden grew lovelier every day. Soon Bikari had many friends. They came to see the flowers and admire their beauty. The people loved Bikari more and more. One day, somebody suggested, let us build a bower in Bikari's garden so that we can see the beautiful flowers even from afar. So the people built a bower. It was high and it arched over the entrance of the garden. Soon the arch was decked all over with blossoms of red, yellow, pink, orange, blue, and white. Thereafter, whenever the goddess of the flowers goes on a journey, we can see the lovely many-colored arch in the sky, the rainbow. The next mythology I have for you is called The Flood by the Igorot Province. Before the world was all flat, there were no mountains. There came a man and a woman with a dog, chickens and a pig. During that time, these animals ran away in that flat country and were lost. The man was named Tewantewan. He scolded the unconfined water because it was carrying everything away. The water became angry and became a flood. When the water became big, everything was washed away. The sister of the man floated in a wooden tub. She stopped on top of a mountain called Kanaguan. The waters became bigger and bigger, but Kabunyan, who is God, took pity on the man, who scolded the water, and ordered the water to stop, and it became lower and lower until no other mountains appeared. 
The dog, cat, and pig floated towards the man who took these animals. He saw a light in a far place. He went directly to the light, taking the animals with him. When he reached the place, he found that it was the place where the woman was. The man did not want to marry the woman because she was his sister. But in the morning, he found that by the power of Kabunyan, they were together. In the course of time, eight children were born, four boys and four girls. The four boys, each with a girl, went in four directions. The man of the west took the head of the man from the south, and the man from the north took the head of the man of the east. They took these heads and brought them to the father and mother. For this reason, the father became sick. He dreamed one night that he was going to make a canal, which is a sort of festival, in order for that the sickness would be removed. He ordered a pig and killed it. Then he invited all the people to come. A week after the canal, he became well. The last mythology I have for you is the myth of creation by the Sulad province. According to the Sulad myth, a long time ago, there was no land. There was only the sky and a wide expanse of water called Lina. Then, one day, there appeared two people, Laki and Bai. These people were of extraordinary size. Just where they came from was not known. One day, Bai, the woman, caught an earthworm called Lagu Lagu. Out of curiosity, she held it on her palm. As she did this, the creature threw out its excrete. The excrete grew and grew until it became the earth. When the earth became big, Laki and Bai went down to live in it. They married each other. When Bai became pregnant, Laki prepared for her an amakan, which is a mat of thin bamboo splints, to, on which to lie down during her delivery. Bai gave birth to many children. The first set of her children came out of her fingertips. These were the wild pigs, the deer, and other game animals now roaming the mountainsides. These animals are still wild today because their ancestors ran away immediately after birth without waiting to be given names by their parents. The second set of children came out of the tips of Bai's toes. These were marine creatures like the eel, the balamak, which is a type of freshwater fish, all creatures living in the river and streams. Following the fish and eels were the domestic animals, such as the dogs, the cats, and the chickens. They came out of the calves of Baye's legs. Out of her thighs came the wild birds, the crows, the riba, and many others. Again, these creatures were wild because they did not wait to be named, but fled away immediately after birth. The last set of children who came out of Bai's genitalia consisted of three handsome boys, Hukum, Hiccup, and Sit. These boys grew to be sturdy young men. To find out who among them was well-behaved and good, Lackey devised a way to testing them. 
One hot noon after lunch, he lay down on the floor and purposely let out his scrotum from his clout. Then he went to sleep. When Hukum came up into the house, when they returned from their hunt, he saw his father's scrotum and he burst into laughter. Suddenly he turned black as though he had been burnt. Following him was Hiccup, the second son. Upon seeing their father's genitalia, he smiled in amusement and he turned slightly brown. The last one to come up was Sit, who, upon seeing their father's scrotum, stepped forward and covered the exposed genitals. He remained fair-skinned. When Lucky woke up, he called his three sons to his side. He asked them what each would choose from three kinds of gifts he would like to give each of them. A golden chair, a beautifully carved bolo, and a padang which is a headwear adorned with silver coins. Hukum chose the golden chair, Hiccup, the beautifully carved bolo, and Sit took what his brothers left, the headwear. Okay, so the reason why I chose these three mythologies in particular was because when I read them, the first thing that struck me was the similarities between them and another relatively well-known mythology. Yes, these three all relate to the story of Noah and Noah's Ark. Um, For those of you who are not familiar with Noah's story, it comes from the Old Testament of the Bible. And the story basically goes, uh, there was a man that got a message from God that he was going to destroy the world in a flood and that he needed to build a giant boat to save him, his family, and uh, he also was tasked with saving every species of animals that were going to survive the flood. Um, that's as the story goes. And there are a couple of similarities with the whole story uh, with all these. The first similarity is in... Uh, actually, well, the Sulad myth of creation... Uh, he had three sons, Hakum, Hiccup, and Sit. And the story of Noah, Noah also has three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Uh, also, um, obviously, the story of the flood by the Igorot province, um, it isn't necessarily the story of a god punishing the earth, but instead, the earth is already like that and God changed it as a, as a gift or uh, because he felt bad for the, the man. So a completely different um, context to the stories. But um, the, the idea that um, there, the world was once covered in water is something that 
spans many different cultures and particularly the one I'm talking about right now, which is the um, Christian religion. Um, another similarity between the um, Igorot um, story uh, and Noah's story is it mentioned that his wife, let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, the sister of the man floated in a wooden tub. She stopped on the top of a mountain called Kanagan. And then that's when, after that, God decided to lower the levels of the water. Um, that right there, it mentions how she was floating in a, in a wooden tub and she stopped on top of a mountain. Okay. And in Noah's story, let's see here. It mentions the flood in chapter six, verse 13. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all the earth, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. And he's talking about the flood. But um, specifically, how uh, one of the ways it relates to the story is it mentions how during the flood, um, the sister of the man, uh, her, her um, sailing vessel landed on top of a mountain. And... Uh, like I said before, Noah had created a um, a giant boat uh, that they called the Ark in order to uh, survive the flood. And it stayed on the ocean for many uh, days until finally the water started to recede. Um, but oddly enough, it also just so happened to land on a mountain. Uh, chapter 8, verse 4 of Genesis. And on the seventeenth day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Arat. Which, I mean, when I saw, like, the similarities between the stories, I don't, I mean, I don't know what that means, but I just, that's just totally noteworthy that they have such a similar story. Um, uh, the next similarity that I found really interesting was uh, the reason why I chose the origin of the rainbow story by the Tagalog province. Um, they uh, go ahead and try to explain um, why the rainbow exists in the first place. And um, something that you will um, notice a lot of is that in a lot of these mythologies, they uh, a lot of these different provinces explain very particular phenomena like um like why the rainbow is even crooked in the first place or you even have stories about why there are stars in the sky or or you know they they, they explain you know basically you know they try to explain most things um in this story they try to explain the origin of the rainbow and um the story is about um, an unfortunate, making the best of an unfortunate circumstance and also kind of feels almost like, um, a bit of like, uh, a win against the, uh, the father, the God, um, because she was able to live peacefully in a place that made her happy. So there actually, if you want to put a message in it, there actually is a good, really good message in that. Um, and, uh, due to the circumstances of her 
deity-ness, um, the rainbow was created in that story. But in uh, the Bible, it also talks about the creation of the rainbow. And uh, it, it mentions it uh, at the end of the flood, after the flooding is all over, um, and they... And Noah and his sons and his and his wife and all the animals get out of the ark. Um, God basically says that oh that this is the last time that he's going to destroy the earth in a flood, um, and that uh, he makes his agreement with him and just to remind Noah and himself I guess that he's never going to do this again. He creates just the rainbow. And whenever you see the rainbow in the story, it only comes out after it rains. It's to let you know that God uh, in the Bible uh, has promised to not destroy the earth. Uh, it mentions it in chapter 9, verse 13. He says, um, I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Um the Bible is a relatively, uh, if you could say, a relatively popular um, uh, myth, spiritual text to believe, or even myth, the mythology to believe, uh, and the similarities between it and uh, some of oh, these particular stories are kind of crazy to me, at least. Um, Last, but certainly not least, is the Sulod myth of creation. Now, this one is, in particular, I found probably the most fascinating out of all of them. The other ones, um, they explain the rainbow, they explain the, uh, a flood happening, um, which in and of themselves are, um, you know, uh, pretty interesting. But this one in particular had such crazy parallels that I found it really interesting. So in the Sulad myth of creation, uh, it has the story, uh, the, the, it, it's, um, you know, they have like the first beings, you have the first man, the first woman, and they have, uh, and they give together, they give birth to all of creation basically. Um, and, uh, they also give birth to, I guess the th first three humans, um, Hakam, Hiccup, and Sit. And uh, like I mentioned before, Noah also had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And in fact, I think the Bible, I don't remember what verse exactly, but I think the Bible actually does uh, call Noah the father of mankind, considering that other than him and his family in the story, um, every other, all their life on the planet was wiped out. So all life now stems from his family, so therefore he's the father of of all life, of, of all humans. Um, so first of all, similarities between them both having three sons, but that's, that's not where it ends. Um, okay, so in the story, um, he wanted to, uh, in the um, Sulad myth of creation, he wanted to test his sons to see uh, who would be good or bad. And he does this by uh, exposing his scrotum and seeing how they would react to seeing their father in such a compromised position. Um, and the um, the worse they reacted, the bigger the punishment, basically. Um, 
And uh, in the story of Noah, it has a very similar parallel. So I'm just going to go ahead and read it. It's not very long, but you will obviously see the parallel very quickly. Um, okay, so this is in um, uh, chapter 9, and I'm going to start at verse 18. Um, the sons of Noah who came out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Um, these were the three sons of Noah, and from them came the people who were scattered over the whole earth. Noah, the man of the soil, proceeded to plant a vineyard. When he drank some of its wine, he became drunk and lay uncovered in his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father naked and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it across their shoulders. Then they walked in backwards and covered their father's naked body. Their, father, their faces were turned the other way so they would not see their father naked. When Noah awoke from his wine and found out what the youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan, the lowest of slaves. Uh, by the way, uh, Ham is the one that he is um, punishing. And uh, Ham was the father of Canaan. So this is uh, the land that Ham uh, is in charge of. So he says, Cursed be Canaan, the lowest of slaves. He will be to his brothers. He also said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Shem. May Canaan be the slave of Shem. May God extend Japheth's territory. May Japheth live in the tents of Shem. And may Canaan be the slave of Japheth. And uh, that's where I'll stop there for that story. But yeah, we have a very similar story. Um, the father of all mankind has three sons. Uh... Even the specifics of his uh, genitals being uh, exposed and his sons needing to react in a good way. And the one that did not react in a good way was punished. Uh, yeah, so those are a couple of interesting notes that I had. And that is it for today's episode. Uh, tune in next time and I'll have something else for you. Thank you for listening to the deities. Have a nice day.